You are Locked On Kentucky, your daily Kentucky Wildcats podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Welcome to the Lockdown Kentucky Podcast. We bring you info and insights on UK football and basketball. Stay informed by making us part of your morning or afternoon commute if you're still going to work. Or, of course, just listen at home. Tell your smart device to play the latest episode of Lockdown Kentucky. You can follow for free on Apple or Google Podcast. Just subscribe to Lockdown Kentucky. I'm Dan Reefer with Fox 56, along with Kyle Tucker of The Athletic. And today's episode of Lockdown Kentucky is brought to you by Built Bar. Built Bar, so good. Doesn't taste like your run-of-the-mill protein bar. Not chalky. Tastes great. Chocolate. It's, it, they're, they're, they're awesome! Remember to use the promo code LOCKEDON for $10 off your first order at BuiltBar.com. All right, Kyle, yesterday's, uh, or not yesterday, I guess Wednesday's podcast, we got into college football scenarios of when college football season might reopen and all the varying opinions out there and all the different, uh, you know, just scenarios of how it would, would start back up and what different people are saying. And we agreed that the SEC would likely be the first to, to start football. If anybody's going to start on time, it's going to be the SEC. And something on uh, Friday kind of signaled that a little bit. Uh, we'd also talked about how we felt like the SEC seemed to be on the same page, right? They seemed to be yep. like they were all talking about this. And sure enough, a report from Kentucky Sports Radio uh, showed that the athletic directors uh, had a Zoom call and were, were, were looking at a date to bring students back, to bring football players back. They were looking at June 1st, and there was one dissenting opinion on the matter, and it was Phil Fulmer of Tennessee. Uh, and I guess they were going to, they were set to go ahead and vote. Uh, they were planning on going ahead and voting on this today. It sounded like, and if pushed that vote to next Friday, another week back, because they want a kind of united front on this. They, they want, that's important to them for the sec to all be on the same page and all be for it, be unanimous on this. And Phil Fulmer, of all people, uh, to me, I, I would not have. I would not have. No, guessed I would. Phil Fulmer. Yeah, yeah it's, I mean, I don't know why necessarily. I wouldn't have guessed Phil Fulmer, but just he, uh, Fulmer feels like an old school football guy. Yeah, you know? like, right. And he's and he certainly got sort of the old school football coach, um, you know, in his uh, his Saban disciple that he's hired, um, who right. who has said some sort of long headed, meat headed things himself over the over the years or over the last few months. Um, and so I guess for that reason, maybe I'm a little surprised, but I have to say like right or wrong. And I said this on Twitter and of course, because it's Twitter got crushed by a lot of people uh, <laughs> uh, called uh, the you way know, it goes liberal idiot and all, you know, all that crap. Um, I, but I, I right or whether he's right or wrong. And on, on this subject, I don't know. I'm, I mean, I'm not like, I really don't think coronavirus is a pol- political issue. I just think it's a public health issue. Um, but there's some stuff we don't know. I don't know when it's going to be safe for like young athletes to come back and, uh, train and how, and what the procedure is going to be. I don't know. I'm not even stating really an opinion on that yet. I don't know, but right or wrong. I do respect that Phil Fulmer had the cojones in that meeting with all those 
power brokers. I mean, look, the SEC is like the those are the power brokers in college football. Uh, you know, the SEC is the one league that if they just wanted to play their own season and nobody else did, they could and and might. Yeah. Um, so I think, and there's just so much money. There's no place in college athletics where there is more money to be made or lost than in SEC football. Yeah. Uh, and so to have the sort of the stones in a meeting like that to be the one, the only, the the lone dissenting voice, uh, I think is pretty bold. And, and I have a lot of respect for that. Like good, whether his ideas are good, bad or otherwise. I think if any time you're in a meeting of SEC athletic directors about football and you're the, the one guy who says, I don't know about this. Uh, yeah. You've got to, you got to have a little bit of bravery to you. I mean, it sounds like um, he's the, he's pretty much the one who who's holding it up. Like yeah. had he not said, I don't know about this. It sounds like they would have gone ahead and voted and passed um, the practice or, or the, the proposal to, to allow all football teams, all Southeastern conference football players to come back to campus into the training facilities on June 1st. We're talking about two weeks, two weeks from now. Um, yep. Now I, I personally, just from what I have read, from what I have heard, I, I don't feel good about anybody getting all back together again. Um, but that's just me. And everyone has, you know, everyone has their different opinions on it. None of us are qualified to uh, really, you know, say one way or the other. But the, but the scientists are saying we don't know yet either. The thing you said about it being political, it just, it drives me crazy. Like, I just see all this stuff where Dr. Anthony Fauci is like the enemy now. When did he become the enemy? I mean, he's he's not telling you what to do. He's just saying, this is what I know. Right. You know, it's more, it's more like, you're pissed off at the information I have. You're not really pissed off at me, Dr. Right. you know, being Dr. Fauci. It's, he's just telling you what what he believes as a scientist. You're just mad that he's not saying it's okay. Um, or, or he's, you know, urging caution. It, it's so silly. Uh, but in my opinion, it, it all feels like it's too rushed w- without a vaccine, without like a proven treatment for it. There's nothing out there that says, okay, yeah, we'll just go back to this and everybody will be fine. But I do uh, also think that when you have young, super healthy guys, I mean, uh, the healthier you are and the, you know, the younger you are, you know, guys in their teens and late teens and twenties, they have maybe the best chance of avoiding it or overcoming it without serious ramifications from contracting it. And so if you are able to like keep those players all together and practice some social distancing with coaches and support staff and all of that, Right. Then you well, probably yeah. can get away with it. But uh, one more thing on this uh, is that had they voted today on the proposal and approved June 1st, they felt like that is the latest they can go, go uh, and still start on time. Like if we're not back by June 1st and have the students back on campus for football, uh, anything later than that, like, you know, June 15th uh, would delay the start of the season. That's the feeling um, from what I read 
about the, the report. Yeah, I, I, I I'm, I'm a little confused about how the uh, the timeline on it because there were a couple different things uh, in the KSR report about uh, when the vote might be and and whether. Like to me, it feels like ultimately, if they really want to do this, if everybody, like chancellors, presidents, athletic directors, everybody except Philip Fulmer wants to do this, even though they probably want unity, I would assume if the, everybody else wants it, they're going to railroad yeah. him. Uh, right. And and so, you know, I think it may start when they wanted to start anyway. Um, June first is soon, though. <laughs> I mean, like June first is fourteen yeah. days. Yeah, I mean, it's coming. Um, so I don't know. I, I I don't know what to make of it. I I, I do agree with you. Like I th- I think there's a world in which you know all these young healthy athletes could uh, do this and probably be relatively safe if you knew they were not going to have any contact with anybody else. <laughs> you know yes. until until right. they were done. But so they like they can't go home and see their families. Like if families come visit, they can't interact. Or if they do, you're risking the spread um, and even um, healthy athletes, what about, even healthy what athletes about have underlying conditions. Well, yeah, girl. Yeah. Well, yeah. Girls. I mean, you're talking about contacts. <laughs> um, you've heard I Andy. Mean, these, are, these are football players, you know, in yeah. their late teens and early twenties. They, they need girls, you know, and with walk-ons, it's like 125 of them or whatever it is. Yeah. I mean, it's a lot of them. And you've heard Andy Bashir in these state addresses, uh, daily addresses, talk about, and others, I mean, just it's scientific, it's a uh, math about contacts. Um, and, you know, you know, if you're a family of four and only one person goes out to get the groceries or whatever, you know, you have this many contacts. Well, then if you open it up and one person in the home is going out to an office and there's 20 people there, that exponentially increases contact because every one yeah. of those people has four people at home so you multiply it out like that and then if you open it up he talked about if you open up daycares he was discussing the other day which is a huge topic right now how do you open up job you know people going back to work without child care um and he said the problem is if you open up full capacity daycares that essentially is like a thousand contacts (laughs) um you know because then because then you're talking about you know all those you know whatever 20 kids, 30 kids in a class, and then all of them have two parents, and one or two of those parents are now going back to work outside the home, and they're contacting all those people at work and all those people's people. And, you know, you start to do that math, and it's in some ways it's hard for people to to visualize that, but it multiplies quickly. Um, And so when you – that's why, like, even like when you're talking about return to play with fans, uh, it's like, well, in Kentucky, we haven't even had that many – uh, cases relative to the rest of the world because you know we're not as densely populated. Well, then you just want to create a an artificial densely populated area. You want to put right. sixty thousand people into a stadium and see what happens. It'll be New York, you know, like that's New York. Uh, it's like a little miniature New York. Everybody piled on top of each other for three hours screaming. Um, and with with just the team, even if you take the fans out of it, if you got one hundred and twenty five guys, and they, you know, even half of them. Uh, you know, 60, whatever that is, 67 of them have a girlfriend, uh, you know, and all, and they go see their parents and grandparents and whoever and whoever. I mean, it just explodes. I mean, the number just explodes so fast. I just don't see 
how you can you can say you want to and you're taking all these measures, but I don't see how you can practically um, mitigate all the risk of of added contacts outside of the program. So, and it's the question they're even trying to answer this with with basketball, with NBA basketball, which the rosters mm-hmm. are 15 people. What happens if one person gets it? What do you do? Yeah. Because does that mean that like your whole team might have it? Does that whole team have to just be shuttered? Uh, and in a football locker room, come on! I mean, there's so many people, you know, yeah. sweating and huffing and puffing, and you know, I don't know. I, I just don't know. Um, I think if they can safely do it, and doctors think so, uh, give it a shot. But I do again. I just circle back to I respect whether they start at June first or they don't whether his descent really makes any difference or not. If it pauses and makes them have a, another extra layer of conversation, maybe seek out some more information. If it has that effect, and even if it doesn't, I just really respect that somebody in that room, no matter who it was, former, it could have been anybody, to have the, the stones to stand up and say, well, hold on, I don't know, I don't know if I agree with you. It's hard, it's hard to do. You just don't see yeah. people do that very often in any setting. In an office, you go to an office meeting. And and have everybody all on board an idea, and see how how, yeah, bold how many people anybody is that's going to raise their hand and be the one guy to go. I don't know if I think this is a good idea, boss. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. The, it has the potential to be disastrous. I mean, it, and it may not be, may not work just fine. But you also, like we talked about in Kentucky, where we've done such a good job. Our cases are not crazy. I mean, we're. We're one of the states um, that's doing better as far as uh, containing it and what, flattening the curve and all that. So you don't want to create something that you don't have to. What if you do that throughout the entire Southeast? What if you create something just by allowing 14 football programs to get their guys back together? I don't know. That's that's why. That's why the, you have to be cautious. That's why Phil Fulmer, I'm sure, spoke up was we don't know yet. We just don't know yet. So I'm that's for me. I I worried because we just don't know yet when we know, then I won't worry as much, but you know, I have a father that if he gets it, he's, he's gone. That's it. I I don't have any idea how well I would fare. I'm in my, uh, you know, on the way to late forties and, um, not in the best of shape. So I'm still worried about it. So, um, anyway, we'll move on past this. We will talk some more football, though, because uh, Mark's story of the Lexington Herald leader brought up something, his article on Kentucky.com about Mark Stoops and his record and where the program is, the University of Kentucky football program, and wins and losses overall. Very interesting points that he brings up, facts, stuff that could happen this season, and we'll discuss it when we return here on Locked On Kentucky. I want to tell you about this new protein bar I just discovered called Built Bar. First time I tried it, I swear I thought I was eating a candy bar. No kidding. I mean, it's not chalky like so many other protein bars I've had. I like the chocolate almond coconut built bar. To me, it tastes really, truly like a candy bar, but there are 16 different flavors. Every single one of them are covered in 100% chocolate. Eight of the flavors include nuts, like a peanut butter brownie. But if you have a nut allergy, don't worry. Built bar has flavors that are nut free, eight of them produced in nut-free facilities. The chocolate orange, that's pretty tasty too. Built Bar super healthy as well. You're on the go. You need something that is not fast food, but you need something to tie you over. 
low calorie, low sugar, low carbs, high protein, high fiber. That's Built Bar. Go to BuiltBar.com. Use promo code LOCKEDON to get $10 off your first order. Promo code LOCKEDON for $10 off your first order at BuiltBar.com. You are locked on Kentucky, your daily Kentucky Wildcats podcast. All right, we're back here on Locked on Kentucky and I teased before we went to break uh, an article that Mark Story had on Kentucky.com where he brings up, and I I had, I remember this when it happened, but then I had pretty much forgotten about it. And it's that Kentucky's overall win loss record in 2012, Joker Phillips last season, Kentucky fell below 500 as a football program all time. Before that, that was a grim, that was a grim historic moment oh, for, for the program. I mean, yeah, everything was bad that year, but that was like the, the cherry on top. Yes. Um, and it sucks for Joker, especially because he loves the University of Kentucky. Oh, absolutely. Went yeah. to school. Grew up in the state, played football at Franklin Simpson. Uh, so it was his dream job and it couldn't have gone worse for him. Uh, but uh, the program since I think 1903 is when uh, 109 years. Yeah. So from the second game of the 1903 season until the 10th game of 2012, no UK football team had ever uh, stepped onto the field with an overall losing record. So then, you know, after Joker Phillips, well, Mark Stoops comes in and goes two and 10, five and seven, five and seven. And next thing you know, they're really underwater. And so Stoops was, uh, you know, had an uphill battle. Well, now, as we get ready for the 2020 season, as long as, you know, everything happens, uh, Stoops just needs four wins to to get this thing, or Kentucky as a program needs four wins to get back above 500. And for Stoops, you think about, you know, that, that rough start. 12 and 26 since going 12 and 26 Mark Stoops is 32 and 18 and he's won 32 of his last 50 games and he is now within striking distance of Fran Kersey for second on UK's all-time wins list four wins away from from surpassing Fran Kersey and being the second winningest coach in UK football history Bear Bryant would be the first. Bear Bryant has 60 all-time wins at Kentucky. Stoops has 44. So he just needs two more eight-win seasons to tie Bear Bryant as the program's winningest coach of all time. And, I, I mean, I don't think he's going anywhere for a couple of years at least. Yeah. Yeah. I. I <laughs> it's It's crazy to think about. Uh, like what a deep hole <laughs> the pro the program was in. Like Mark Stoops started in uh, the fact that he's gotten back um, above five hundred. He right, you said he he's over five hundred overall now, right at Kentucky. After no, this Stoops last is season. exactly five hundred, exactly five hundred forty four. Okay, okay. Yep. just just that he's gotten there because so you, so you go two and twelve last season under Joker, two and twelve first season under Stoops, which. I mean, I've said this a number of times, but I, I cannot stress it enough. They did not have the talent to win the Ohio Valley Conference that year. Uh, <laughs> they lost they lost a secret scrimmage that spring uh, or summer to East Eastern Kentucky. Uh, right. And then almost lost on the field to Eastern Kentucky. 
uh, a couple of years later. Um, and that Eastern lot, Kentucky team and, was joking on the sideline. Those players were about, this is the SEC. No, no, ah. no, that no, that was Western Kentucky. Oh, that was Western. Uh, that okay. actually did beat them in Stoops first year. Yeah. The first game, right? Was it the first game in both in so. uh, um, Nashville? Right. I think so. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and they they supposed to be SEC and all that. Um, I may be getting all that mixed up in my head because um, there was also <laughs> the the my first uh, season on the beat, 2011. They barely beat Western Kentucky in Nashville, and it was when uh, um, Morgan Newton Morgan Newton and, yeah uh, tripped his over his own feet, yeah, self sacked. Um, mm-hmm. Anyway. <laughs> But, they, but they Western, just, I mean, Kentucky won that game, though. They did. They win won that game narrowly, yeah. But And then later they lost to Western in Stoops with Petrino, coach, uh, in Stoops' first year. That was a good Western mm. team. Uh, but just to think about how low the talent level was, how low the program was, the fact that in back-to-back seasons you went 4-20. and 20, um, I mean that in in two seasons you put yourself sixteen games under five hundred, <laughs> you know, yeah. and then you know you had the back to back five and seven seasons where they were so close to going to a bowl game in the first half of the year and couldn't break through in Stoops's second and third years, and then from there it's just been gangbusters, you know, they seven wins, seven wins, ten and three, eight and four. Um, or was it eight and five last year? I guess eight and five. Eight and five. Um, you know that that's like historic level winning. You know, in the post Bear Bryant era, that's historic level winning. So yeah, I, I think it's it's <laughs> it's really kind of incredible that you could start with a two and ten year and then post two more losing seasons back to back in your first three years. So eight games then. Four, so he's twelve games under five hundred after his first three seasons. That you could get back to five hundred as quickly as he has is actually remarkable. Yeah. Uh, and then the t- the t- now to have a chance uh, to get him back over for all time is it is a significant thing because one one thing you don't want to be is like you know when people say like you're like the definition of mediocrity when you're under five hundred for your entire program existence. That's you know, it's kind of easy to take shots at you. It's not like being 500 all time is exactly a thing you brag about on recruiting posters, but I think it would be sort of a low key of your last 50 though. Yeah. It'd be a low, I think it'd be kind of a low key significant milestone um, for them to get back there. And I do. Yeah. And I think Stoops will be around. I do think he'll be here to, to get it done for sure. Well, right now, Kentucky enters the season 624. 626 and 44. So it's actually three wins to get back over 500. And I mean, Kentucky in 2020, this football season, they'll win more than three games. So it'll happen this season. I mean, they have a really good team coming back an offensive line, good defense, some skill weapon players, uh, quarterback situations better. Uh, Kentucky's going to win more than three games. Uh, Stoops is going to become the second all-time winningest coach in Kentucky football history. And then the following year, I do think, yeah, he's going to be, he's going to be looking at passing bear Bryant. And uh, once he sees that, and once he gets there, it may mean something to him more so 
than just trying to get the job done at Kentucky. Like he's, he's been on this mission to get Kentucky um, going and to change the culture and all that stuff. And he's, he's done that. That's happened now. I mean, four years in a row uh, that he can point to where kids who were um, eighth graders uh, don't know a, a, a losing Kentucky team. They're not aware of that. All they know yeah. is Kentucky playing in bowl games and guys getting drafted. Um, so he's done that. But should he become the program's all-time winning as coach, maybe it becomes more of a legacy to Stoops, and he's less likely to jump ship and want to go try it at Ohio State or Michigan or you know whatever Big Ten uh, job pops open. Uh, it could go a little ways to helping keep Stoops around. Maybe. I don't know. Just a theory. Yeah, I, I think that's a really that's a really interesting point you brought up about um, you know, Cal Perry talks about this all the time. Like he, kids, he's recruiting, like they don't know history. They know like the last two or three years max. Um, you know, he can't even sell John wall to some of these kids now. I mean, that's John wall. Yeah. Who's John wall, you know, 10 years, yeah. a long time. Those guys were eight. You know, if they're not in state kids, they weren't watching necessarily watching John wall. Um, and he talks about that all the time. And so I think that's a really interesting point you make about football recruits, you know, we're getting to the point you string together a couple more good seasons where like nobody you're recruiting is going to have any sort of thought about Kentucky football, except it's, you know, it's a solid SEC program that, you know, competes with the top teams all the time, you know, like they, they beat the lower tier teams and they're in it, you know, they, they play the better teams tough and, you know, they've won big new year's day bowl games sign top 25 recruiting classes. They have like great facilities. That's the thing too. Like, you know, there's a whole generation yeah. of kids that are never going to know that Kentucky football had some of the most atrocious facilities you could ever hope for forever. I mean, now they have top of the line stuff. Um, yeah. It, it, that, that's not an insignificant thing that, that you've in a way you've almost erased some of that history um, when, with the people that matter, you know? The, yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, outside pundits and national media and stuff are always still going to probably have those preconceived notions from the past. But like the people you really need the most, the the recruits, you're getting to a point where they only know that you're pretty damn good. Yeah. Well, we'll switch to basketball and, uh, and just a quick couple notes uh, on DeAndre Williams, McCure Maker, and Kai Soto. Remember that name? We'll discuss it next on Locked on Kentucky. This is Locked On Kentucky, your team every day. Okay, we're back here on Locked On Kentucky and Kyle. Earlier in the week, uh, one of our podcasts, we focused on DeAndre Williams, the Evansville transfer, uh, and we kind of discussed how Kentucky's probably better off without him, given kind of the road and the path that he's had to get to this point um, and where Kentucky is with its front court with Keon Brooks and uh, the newcomers in there. You know, maybe Kentucky's better off without DeAndre Williams. And now it looks like Memphis, and and by the time this is done recording, he may have already picked Memphis, but it feels like DeAndre Williams is going to Memphis, and that's fine. But uh, McCour Maker, you've said you don't think college is really an option for him, and you think Kentucky's unlikely. Well, now he's come out and said UCLA is his favorite anyway. So you can pretty much <laughs> cross DeAndre Williams and McCure Maker off the list for Kentucky. 
And now you can also cross Kai Soto off the list. If you don't remember, we did a podcast about Kai Soto uh, back last last year in the winter because Kai Soto visited Kentucky. He came on a visit, and he is a big-time star in the Philippines. He's a seven-footer, and he has um, had success playing international ball. That's where he broke onto the scene, I think, like under-16 or under-17 um, Olympics, uh, World Games, whatever. He had uh, a breakout tournament where he played really, really well, and that kind of got him the attention. But in the Philippines, they're they're basketball crazed. They love basketball in the Philippines, and Kai Soto is a huge star there. And now it appears he's <laughs> going to go to the G League, right? Yes, and I made a horrible mistake <laughs> uh, <laughs> underestimating his his popularity in the Philippines. I just I tweeted a thing that was not meant at all as like a knock or or anything on the kid. Um, you know, I think he's ranked, uh, he's like not even in the top 50, I don't think in the recruiting class, if he were to play college basketball, um, you know, he's a decent prospect. He's interesting. Um, you know, he's a seven foot kid who can shoot it a little bit and, you know, he's played decently in some international competitions, uh, you know, under, under 19, under 18 competitions. Um, but he's not, I mean, I've watched him play. I don't think he's ready to be a professional basketball player. Uh, not yeah. not NBA basketball player, um, but he's got this huge following. There's a lot of uh, appealing things about him to have him come be part of your league, especially when you're the G League. And the G League's trying to make a big splash right now and get a lot of attention. Uh, and so it comes out that he's gotten offered a $200,000 contract. He's going to go play in the G League. So I tweeted yesterday that I didn't know if Kai Soto, the player, was worth a $200,000 contract right now. But Kai Soto, sort of the international sensation, probably is for the intention it's going to bring um, to the G League. And I just didn't even think anything else about it. And and, I, and the way my Twitter is set up, uh, I don't see like I don't see every reply that comes to me. If if it's not somebody I know or follow or whatever, I have to actively go click on my tweet to like look at the replies. So my phone doesn't just blow up when you you know if, if a million right. people tweet at me, my phone yeah. doesn't blow up with notifications. So I didn't think anything else about it. Uh, and also, I have it set up if you if if we don't know each other, or we don't if I don't uh, follow you and or haven't approved to like DM with you, any DM you send goes into like a holding pin in my thing, so they don't show up either. I have to go actively click like more DM requests and see. Yeah. So I have no inclination that anything has happened. <laughs> and then I see this like uh you know more DMs and I go click their their requests, but you can get a preview of what people are saying to you without even accepting them. And it's just nothing but Filipino people just destroying me. Bashing. Uh, yeah, stop bashing Kai F you bitter bro, you're a you're an effing B word. Uh, somebody's trying to say you're a really stupid writer, but they wrote, you're not a really stupid Ritter. Uh, <laughs> uh, you're not worth it. Mata Faka <laughs> spelled, spelled M A D A F A K A. Um, I mean, just like on and on and on and on lick my ass. <laughs> I think I can say this stuff on the podcast. Uh, 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 just crazy stuff. Well, then I went back to the original tweet and they're like, 200 replies, just people. Yeah, don't come at them. Don't come Filip- at the Filipino. Filipino people just crushing me. Um, 
And so I've, I've, I was literally legitimately uh, shocked by that. I mean, I knew he was a big deal. And one of the things I tweeted in the, the tweet about, I don't know if he's worth it as a player, but he's probably worth it for the attention he brings. He's already been in a margarine commercial, like a highly slickly produced <laughs> margarine commercial in the Philippines where he's like dunking and like, I mean, it's, it's like a commercial over here that you would expect like LeBron James to be in. Um, and I said, so I said, he's never, he was never going to be able to play college basketball. Um, I mean, right. he's already, he's already doing these ads. Yeah. Um, anyway, I mean, I, I, I meant no real insult to the kid at all, but man, people are just losing their minds. Um, <laughs> and I am, I am cracking up Ugh. anyway. So yeah, well, I mean, we'll see. I don't, I, I, I don't think we're going to see Kai Soto play in the NBA. I don't, I, I don't know that he's that level of a player. Uh, and I don't, right. it's not like, I'm sorry, but once you've decided you're going to go be a pro, like you have to be able to accept like basic public criticism about your game. Um, you know, I didn't, I wasn't trying to be insulting of the kid. I didn't say anything nasty, but. Well, that's a good idea for the G league, because if, if you got somebody who's a star in in a country like that, well, you know, when he plays massive media games, attention, yeah, his games have to be broadcast in the Philippines. Like that's right. an that's a draw for the G league right there is just the Philippines being. And here's the, here, here's, here's the thing I would say. He I just, I hadn't pulled it up before. He's the 62nd ranked player in the class of 2020 in the two, four, seven sports composite, the 62nd ranked player. I mean, you know, if he was not an international star, there's no way the G league would offer anybody else. That's outside of the you know top 30 even uh, a contract, much less a $200,000 contract. Right. I mean, they're, they're not offering the 62nd ranked player named Joe Smith uh, from Idaho, a $200,000 contract. No. So, no. I, you know, I mean, he's, he is, he is an attention grab for the league and it's, it is not, it is smart business, but it's not, I'm not going to sit here and pretend like the dude's good enough to play with some of the guys that they, the other guys they've signed. He's not even half as good as Jalen green and some of those guys, but yeah. anyway, and Deandre, I would say too, on the Deandre Williams thing, you know, we talked about it. Uh, I think this is going to work out for the best for Kentucky. He's a good player. If he plays college basketball, he still could go pro. If he plays college basketball and he plays at Memphis, I expect he'll be really good for them. They need him. Uh, they need exactly what he brings to the table. He'll be a productive player. Um, I'd worry if he, if that back injury is legitimate and he only played 18 games last year, I'd worry a little bit about that. But I think he's a good player. I just think this is going to work out for Kentucky. Um, I have a story coming um, on one of Kentucky's players for next season, early next week, and, that I think is really going to benefit from not signing down Jay Williams and and I just I really do think it's going to work out probably best that Kentucky sort of backed away from the table uh in that DeAndre Williams recruitment. Yeah. All right, well that'll do it for another edition of Locked On Kentucky. Everyone, uh, thanks for listening this week. Have a wonderful weekend. Uh by this time, let's see next weekend, Kyle. Yeah, by this time next week, restaurants in Lexington will be opening for dining, um, in-person dining, like, uh, oh, wow. uh, mayor Linda Gordon even said something about, you know, since the capacity inside the restaurant can't be, uh, more than one third full, uh, how about we talk about some outside dining options and yes. 
which is Use the way to parking go. Parking lot, yeah, and then you can you know increase your capacity for for patrons by having some outdoor eating options and also some great news that i found out today thanks to lee k howard from wkyt for finding this out but our spot uh for us for us um friday night high school uh basketball and football reporters anchors shooters all that old chicago old chicago was our spot and it had previously announced that it was closing and not reopening that old chicago was done dead and over and today, Lee K. Howard reports that Old Chicago has since found a solution and is currently open for business. If you want a pizza from Old Chicago in Hamburg, in Lexington, you can order one right now. So, uh, oh, I'm so I'm just so so great grateful to hear that news. Uh, and they have a huge parking lot, so I'm sure you could go out there and take a lawn chair and a uh, TV tray and set up shop. Uh, so I'm looking forward to some of that stuff coming back. Yes. It's going to be fun. I, I, I'm not going to be inside a restaurant for a while, probably, but I will go. I, I think if it's spaced appropriately, I would go sit in an outdoor uh, seating environment and, and, and eat yeah. outside. Like you can hang out with people uh, at a table six feet away, you know? Yeah. I mean, that that could happen. You could, you could do that. Uh, yeah. So. I'm ready for it. There's no doubt about it. I'm people think people think like guys like you and I are just like anti-freedom <laughs> and don't want the world to restart. We, no. we desperately we desperately want it to restart. I really really want it to restart. So uh, yeah, everybody doubt, be safe. Just, Let's just be safe yeah. and respectful of each be other safe. and try to do it uh, the right way so we can get back to living. Yeah. All right. Thanks again. Have a great weekend. And uh, if you're looking for more uh, stuff to listen to, check out the latest episode of Locked On NFL Draft. Thanks and have a great weekend, everybody. You are Locked On Kentucky. Available on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, or tell Alexa or Google to play podcast Locked On. Don't worry. I won't finish. You get the idea. 